to the Bait Tehillah Community Podcast, teaching the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, here are your hosts, Pastor Nicholas Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. All right, welcome to the Bait Tehillah Community Podcast. This is Ryan Cabrera. And uh, as always, you can find us at topraise.net, topraise.net. And then if you were uh, looking to reach the office, you can find us at 813-654-2222. And uh, you can also reach out to us via email uh, at uh, info at topraise.net. That's T-O-P-R-A-I-S-E dot net. Uh, I am in studio today. Very excited to have an awesome guest with us today, all the way from the Shamron in Israel. And so I'd like to go ahead and, and welcome him. His name is Eliezer Braun. Eliezer, welcome. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you very much, Ryan. It has been a awesome, awesome experience the last week, uh, speaking um, half a million times in Beit Tilah. This ministry is just beyond... Uh, so many people that say that they're friends of Israel, but honestly, when you come to a place like Beit La, okay, they're really friends of Israel. I mean, they put boots on the ground, they encourage people to go to Israel, participate in um, in the harvest in the mountains of Samaria with the, the Hayovel uh, group, the Waller family. I mean, this is this is you know, there's talk. You talk the talk, you walk the walk. And these people, they 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 talk the talk and they walk the walk. Well, well, obviously, we greatly appreciate you being here. Uh, we've had a good time. I'll tell you, whenever we do have a special guest like yourself uh, here at our congregation, we try to get as much time with you as we can because you know we can't get you that often. All right, you live all the way uh, six thousand miles away uh, in Israel, and so uh, when we do have you, we like to get you, and uh, and also we like to make sure that your your stay is uh, is a good one. And one of our our strengths, I believe, is is hospitality between Pastor. Nick and uh, and D Cromwell and, and the Postbacall family between the that whole crew uh, the hospitality around here I hear is pretty good I uh, I'm still waiting for my opportunity to go and stay at the Postbacall bed and breakfast and I've yet to be invited um, I'm not just just not that important yet you know we're getting there oh sure you're important <laughs> you guys are all important to to me and um, I I feel so welcome here and and you're. Um, your your welcome and your hospitality is just absolutely second to none. Yeah, well, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, so I want to hear more about your background. I know that uh, in the past you've been with some other ministries, uh, doing some really cool things for uh, the government in Israel, for um, some townships and, and areas in Israel, uh, the Shuvu ministry. And so I kind of want to hear uh, how you got to where you are uh, and then now kind of what we're doing moving forward. Well, my family, um, at that time, um, uh, three small children, we moved to Israel. Ellen, my wife, who is an incredible artist and, you know, has just been an incredible wife and, and a real inspiration to me. And everybody who meets her loves her, forgets about me, which is fine. Um, and um, we moved to Israel in 1983. We followed our vision, which was uh, to uh, 
um, be able to come back to the land of Israel. You know, for so many centuries, Jews have only prayed to have the opportunity to come and set their foot on the land. And here in our lifetime, we have the opportunity to actualize returning to the land. So 1983, our children were, three of our children were very small. Uh, We moved uh, to Israel and uh, have never looked back. Our uh, Our fourth child whose name is Tehillah, which uh, Tehillim in Hebrew uh, are psalms, but we don't go around calling her psalm, we call her Tehillah. Um, She was born on Rosh Hashanah, uh, the Jewish New Year, um, in 1990. So she's our Sabra, our native-born daughter. Um, And I just got a calling in 1994 to serve as the Aliyah, the Israel Immigration Emissary, to the West Coast. So I was in charge of uh, interviewing, assisting um, anyone who, any Jew who expressed interest in moving to Israel. I held that position together with the Israeli consulate on Wilshire in uh, Los Angeles, 94 to 98, and also I was on their speaker's bureau and became kind of their default speaker when a church in the area would call up and say, hey, we'd like somebody from Israel to come and speak to our church. And that was my first introduction to what I guess I broadly define call Christian Zionists. And Basically, since 1994, I've been speaking to churches, Messianic congregations, Hebrew roots, home groups, uh, Bible groups, you name it, around the world on behalf of, of Israel, on behalf of a specific ministry, which I'm not, I'm legally bound not to actually mention uh in public, um, you know, it's kind of like a separation period. I retired from that organization um, in uh, February of this year, and now I'm traveling on my own, basically doing the same thing. You know, building bridges, bringing an understanding of why Israel is so fundamental, foundational to Christians around the world. Well, that's pretty exciting. Uh, there's a lot of talk uh, amongst Messianic congregations about Aliyah and you know who's a Jew, who's not a Jew, and whatnot. And it sounds like you've got uh, a special understanding from the Israeli government standpoint as to you know who who qualifies to make Aliyah, who doesn't. And uh, you know, you and I were talking the other day, and and I heard you mention that there's actually some some interesting uh, events happening in the Knesset in regards to the law of return. Uh, can you tell me just kind of what's going on and, and uh, what you see happening in the future? Well, I actually read a, a, a brief article, and I'm gonna, I just haven't had the time to find it because um, I would like to bring it up and encourage people, but there is this Hebrew roots movement, people who are connected to Israel, and um, there is talk going around, and I believe there is talk within the Israeli parliament, the Knesset, of recognizing that there are so many people like yourselves who have an interest, have a connection to, uh, to Israel, and uh, many of, of you consider yourselves, of course, grafted in part of the, the commonwealth of Israel. So there's talk for the first time in Israel of, okay, what are we going to do? 
um, because there are many people like yourselves who I think would love to move to Israel, and I think that with your passion, you will make we would make incredible settlers. And we need to bring you all out to Judea and Samaria and uh, envision. I actually had a dream, and it's in a book that I wrote, which I'm actually very happy to send anyone free of cost. I didn't do it to make money, but I have actually had a dream about um, a million or so. Um, I don't even you know, know what the word to... Well, let's call you Zionists, Hebrew word Zionists um, coming to Israel and declaring that that land is not is not for sale and and that it is going to remain part of israel uh, just as god promises uh, forever yeah well anybody who has uh the possession of the land uh i believe has an obligation to be a steward of it because it's really god's land and God makes it very clear that it's it's not to be stole, sold, stolen, separated, divided, you know, whatever words you want to find. I think you can find pretty much any verse uh, in the Bible that'll describe it in any number of ways. Uh, and those of us who are in support of being a steward and whoever is being a steward, us having a desire to help them in that effort, uh, I think... Uh, is something that I've seen as a phenomenon throughout the world. And what's funny is when we meet each other, right, I'll, I'll meet somebody that I've, I've never met before, and I'll know within 30 seconds whether this person's a friend of Israel, uh, if they're you know Hebrew roots and they they get it, or if they're you know Looney Tunes because there's obviously yeah. some some folks out there that have uh, some some wild ideals and whatnot. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I I'm sure you've run into a few <laughs> more than a few <laughs> uh, interesting people that when I was with the Israeli consulate and the Jewish agency who came and they thought that. By moving to Israel, somehow it would change their life. And, you know, you also have to deal with the reality of Israel. One of the things that I do want to say, and I want to make very, very clear, is we are open to relationships and we are open to building bridges. And I am open to the idea, I don't know when, of opening up Israel. I would love to see the law of return expanded to accept people like yourselves. But... Look, at something has to change within the church. And what needs to change within the church is you have to make a commitment. There is no, absolutely no evangelizing of the Jewish people. You know, that's what I love about how Yovel, about the Waller family, they come to serve. They don't come to preach. They come with the clear understanding that, as it says in the Bible, you know, uh, 10 people from the nations will come, will grab onto the tzitzit of the, fr- the, the fringes of a Jew because where a Jew walks is where you're going to learn about God. Amen. I'll tell you what, you know, from our perspective, we look at it and we say, uh, you know, f- Jews for Jesus in the 70s, the Messianic movement, um, there's no lack of evangelism in Israel. Would you agree with that? That, that the job of the evangelist, the street evangelist, the people walking up to people, telling people, handing out tracts, uh, would you agree that that's being done and that that boat has come and sailed and, and gone? A long time ago. You know, 
I, 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 there's a pastor in Colorado. I've spoken at his church many, many for many years, and unfortunately, he has retired. And I think the church has taken a completely different direction. But he used to say once the one of the first years that I went there many years ago, he got up in front of his church and he said, "Listen." I don't want anyone coming up to Eliezer and preaching, evangelizing him, because you know what? The church has been doing it for 2,000 years, and you know what? It doesn't work. So it's time to choose another path, and it's time to choose the path of humility and serving Israel and not ramming anything down their throat because they're not going to— it hasn't been working, so why, why keep on going and doing the same thing that we've been doing? Yes, that old adage of the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and Correct. expecting different Correct. results. You know, and you know, for our side, I think you know we believe in Yeshua and Jesus Christ, and from our perspective, you know, there's. Uh, this side, I guess, you know, from the church, that's a cultural thing of going mm-hmm. out and preaching the gospel to all nations, right? And to the Jew first and, and, uh, and then to all the nations. But I, I, I think that we've got to come to grips with the fact that uh, God himself will reveal himself the way he wants to reveal himself in his timing. And by our power trying to make something happen over and over and over again, constantly doing it beating the horse till you know it's it's dead and bloody and gone uh is is not a strategy for success and if we're going to fulfill our mandate Mm -hmm. then our job is to love and serve you know if we are part of the commonwealth of israel and we read in isaiah and we find okay well if i'm israel if i'm part of this commonwealth then what am i supposed to be doing and what do you find you're supposed to love, you're supposed to serve, and you're supposed to be a witness, right? And so if I'm going to love and serve and be a witness, then, and if I'm going to, to, to preach the gospel, the strongest gospel preaching out there is to live like Yeshua, in my, in my view. And that means loving and serving and being a witness, right? Rather than trying to persuade somebody through a sales pitch or, or whatever over. And, and I understand that. Obviously, if somebody asks you what your motive is for serving Israel, I, I would expect to receive an honest answer, which is what you just said to me right now. But look at, you know, why would you come and do something? We've just been running away as quickly as we can from Christians for 2000. If you're really sincere in building relationships, okay, then you have to listen to us. You have to listen to the sensitivities because Jews who are aware, uh, have a strong Jewish identity, when they hear Jesus, when they hear Christ, when they hear Christianity to them, it's just like taking out a crusader's sword and piercing it through our hearts, okay? We have to be sensitive to each other and not just go and push something which is only going to make us uncomfortable and remind us of the tragedy of church behavior towards the Jewish people over the last 2,000 years. And, you know, I love to say one of my lines is, if uh, Jesus or Yeshua were here today, Honestly, I think he would be, first of all, 99.999% of all the churches in the world probably would invite him in to speak. And aside from that, 99.9%, he wouldn't go to church on Sunday. He'd go to synagogue on Saturday, okay? And he would be horrified at what has been done to his brethren, 
in his name. No, I, I, uh, I know that uh, we always talk about that. You know, what what do you want to be doing when when he comes back? Um, you know, what have you done with uh, with the talents? There's a, a parable about the talents, and you know, the master gives resources, and then you're supposed to go and multiply those resources. And and you know, at the end of the story, one of the the, the servants buried it so that they wouldn't lose it, right? And so the master was furious uh, in that case because he didn't do anything with what was given to him. Um, you know. Uh, the question, I guess, then is obviously there's a theological difference between Jews and Christians, and I don't think that there's any question uh, whether or not that's the case, and I think that there's probably been many, many a program and many, many times where people have gone through what are the differences, and so uh, that's not really my intention here today. Uh, you mentioned motives. I think if, if our motives are pure, which is to love and to serve and not expect anything in return, right? Because that's what we're called to do. Um, then the next step is, you know, what are the, the common goals that Jews and Christians have? And can Jews and Christians work together? Um, you know, obviously I'll let my opinion out of the bag. My opinion's y- yes, absolutely. Um, but I'd like to kind of just hear your perspective on it because, you know, on our side, on the Christian side, not that there's two sides necessarily, but on the Christian side, there's people that say no. And on the Jewish side, there's people that say no. And so, um, you know, I think it's a grassroots movement of folks like us here at Beit Tehillah, folks like you, um, that that say yes and that are trying to pioneer a way uh, to saying, you know, we have a lot of, of common issues out there, um, you know, that are up against us uh, and up against the land of Israel and the people of Israel we would be better served to find out what are those things that we have in common and work towards them together uh, than to, to you know, continue what you, what you mentioned, you know, create another denomination. I, I, I completely agree with you. Look, at the whole issue of Messiah, you want to know something? The greatest theologians, they haven't solved that issue over the last 2,000 years. Why are we spending our time rehashing rehashing okay it's just verbal just it's obviously both sides on that issue are entrenched in their beliefs correct so that's not the common ground the common ground is serving israel and becoming a part of the land and the realization that we are connected because Look at Jesus said in the New Testament, um, to these the least of my brethren ye have done unto me. And if that is not a call for serving his brothers, his Jewish brethren, I don't know what is. So look at boots on the ground. This the wall the wallers and Hayovel and Aliyah, another ministry, Aliyah Restoration, is giving Christians around the world the opportunity which I don't think could have even possibly been dreamed of 15 years ago, 10 years ago. I mean, of Christians coming to Orthodox Jewish communities and serving in the land, becoming, putting their hands in, and the second they come and they participate, boots on the ground, and they pick the vineyards and plant vineyards and fulfill biblical prophecy through being in the land and they have the opportunity to meet those of us like myself who have a passion we share the same passion and love for the land we share the same passion and love for the God of Israel 
those connections are made in a way that, you know, I can speak for, I love Beitila, I could speak for 10 hours here. I'm not going to accomplish even a fraction of what coming to the land and participating in one of those programs because you become connected to us and you become connected to the land in a way that you're never going to become connected by sitting in church on a Sunday or in a, in a Messianic congregation on a, on, on a Saturday. Yeah, you know, and uh, one of the things that we get uh, accused of periodically um, because we believe that, you know, uh, Jews and non-Jews are both part of what we call the commonwealth of Israel is uh, replacement theology. Now, the old replacement theology, as you know, uh, but some of our listeners may be wondering, uh, replacement theology is basically the belief that the church has replaced the Jewish people uh, as God's chosen people. Uh, now, obviously, there's no biblical um, substantiation for that, not in the Old Testament uh, or the, the New Testament. You won't find uh, Yeshua saying it. You won't find any of the prophets saying it. It's really nowhere to be found. Uh, but nevertheless, they've used it over the years as propaganda to persecute the Jewish people um, at, because they, they claim that they're on God's side in persecuting them, right? Because God, quote unquote, is persecuting them. But there's many, many things that people have said. Now, from our standpoint, we look at it and we say, we couldn't feel in our hearts anything further from replacing the Jewish people, right? Uh, we would esteem the Jewish people, the land of Israel, um, and, and the whole commonwealth of Israel very, very highly. And us joining together towards common goals sounds to me like the quite the opposite of replacing anybody. Uh, and the bottom line when we think about this and when we think about the, the promises that we're hanging on to for uh, ourselves, for our families, for our congregation, for the future, for our nations, um, that if the promises that were made to the Jewish people, uh, if God broke those promises and cast them to the side, then that affects God's, the, or the credibility of God's promises to us, right? On what foundation do our promises stand on if the foundation of the promises to the Jewish people? You know, Paul says very famously, that um, you know the the gifts of God are without repentance, and you know that's a, a a verse. It's black and white. It's very easy to read. It's not vague. That basically just says God has not uh, done away with His people by any stretch. Well, what's one what's interesting is actually a number of years ago in Florida, I was once having a conversation. I never get into these conversations. And um, uh, again, we were into the theological conversation. The persons and I said, well, God's a covenant-keeping God. So what makes you think that God, okay, God didn't change his covenant promise. It's man who came along and for egocentric reasons changed God's covenant. And the person's response to me was, well, God can do anything, including change his mind. And I'm thinking to myself, if God can do it, wait, God is going to revoke, contradict his own word? Right. Well, and that's just it. You know, we, we are, as in our human state, fallible to when I say, you know, forever, 
right? You know, I got married I and mean, I'm, I'm married to my wife, still married. Uh, I said forever. Does the my forever have the same weight that God's forever does? You know, does every man's forever have the same weight? And the answer is obviously no. There's many people out there who have made that covenant and, uh, and not kept it or broken that covenant. And throughout history, uh, part of the enmity between us and God that has happened is because of breaking his covenant uh, with him. Well, one of the, one of the things that I, I'm, I, I happen to get a, immense pleasure over the fact that you observe the Shabbat and you say Hebrew prayers and the Hebrew roots movement, and I know you're taking a beating from yeah, for sure. the mainline church. <laughs> um, and how many people have over the years said to me, but Eliezer, why are you legalistic, okay? You know, uh, uh, Yeshua came in order to absolve you of the responsibility of of keeping keeping the the laws of of, of kosher of this of that, and 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 I'm you know my usual response is, do you observe the Ten Commandments? Yeah, I you okay. know bottom and, line is I think his mission was much bigger than that, and we 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 just we shrink him down to a minuscule level when we say that he wasn't the God at Mount Sinai, right? He wasn't the one giving the commitment. When we, when we take that and we piece it apart and we try to separate the new and the old instead of just having a, a, a full and contiguous uh, process all the way through scripture, it, you know, and that's that's a much longer discussion. I wanna, I wanna not forget about yeah. your wife and her art. Sure. I, I personally... Uh, have purchased some of your wife's art. Uh, I love her art. Um, you know, folks, you, you've got to go to her website. Her website is www.ellenmillerbraun.com. E L L E N M I L L E R B R A U N dot com. I uh, I got. Um, there's one uh, which is the tomb of the matriarchs and patriarchs in Hebron. Uh, that is fantastic. Um, all of her art is made up of scriptures in Hebrew. So basically it's, she calls it micro calligraphy. Biblical Hebrew micro calligraphy. So she's taking the scriptures. There's one of the, the parting of the, the, the Red Sea, which is just amazing. It's it, written in the painting is the entire book of Exodus in Hebrew. And it, the, the fact that she was able to pull it off the way that she has with this art is just uh, fantastic. I'm not that artistically inclined, so when I see something <laughs> like that, I, I, uh, I appreciate it uh, for what it is. But just the amount of time that has taken her to do this thing, I mean, just, just these tiny little letters built into these paintings, it's amazing. Well, it's, the, it's, the, it's not just tiny little Hebrew letters, it's the actual scriptures. So, for instance, um, she has the parting of the Red Sea, and that is the entire book of Exodus beginning to end. Um, I, I also, in addition to that, I, I hope it's okay, I wanted to just plug the fact I'm going to be back February, March. I would very muchly welcome, respond um, to coming if you have a, a home group of, let's say, 20 plus adults, a church, a Hebrew roots congregation, if you really are connected with Israel, um, I would love to have the opportunity to speak to you. And I so much encourage all of you to make it a major priority in your travel schedule, plan a trip to Israel. Do you want to give my email out? 
Uh, sure, go ahead. Okay, it's you're going to love this. It's I love Israel at AOL.com, but it's I L O V E I S R L at AOL.com. Be in contact with me. I do respond to my emails, and I'd love to come and visit your community, and let's connect over God's promises uh, to both of us. Awesome, awesome. Well, Eliezer, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Uh, I know our listeners appreciate hearing from you and appreciate your insight, uh, and especially your kind words uh, about us uh, and and for us. And, uh, and so, you guys heard it here. Uh, we know that we know that we know that Christians and Jews uh, have better time spent when they work together towards our common goals, towards uh, uplifting uh, the land of Israel, the people of Israel, and the God of Israel. Uh, he is the God of Israel. And so uh, if you guys want to reach out to us, you can get us at uh, info at topraise.net or topraise.net. You can go on there and use the contact us tab, uh, or you can call our office at 813-654-2222. And you guys have a wonderful and blessed day.